And welcome back to another edition of the Harris Happening here on this Saturday afternoon on the Mighty 790 KFGO and KFGO.com. And once a month, we uh, bring in Dr. Doreen Winning from the Valley Veterinary Hospital. We talk about your cats, your 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 doggies, your all kinds of pets that you might have. And we've got uh, a special presentation here to talk a little bit about Halloween. And uh, joining us right now is Dr. Winning. And Doreen, thanks for joining us again here on KFGO. Oh, yeah. Great to be here, Bob. Thanks for having me. You know, this is kind of a, a happy time of year for Halloween and a sad time of year for Halloween because you got to be careful in some instances, and you can see the dogs having a lot of fun in some instances as well, can't you? Yeah, you know, for the most part, Halloween is a fun time for everybody, but it's mostly fun for people, and some, sometimes we forget that it can be more scary than fun for pets. And you've got a house that's full of activity with the doorbell constantly ringing. And some of our pets, mine included, are very sensitive to the ringing of a doorbell. So it can be a challenge for us as pet owners to have pets in the house over Halloween uh, with all the barking and the frustrations that can go along with that. But also when we think about pets, and the strange costumes and some people like to put costumes on their pets and we have to remember that you know not all costumes are made for every different shape and type and form of dog we don't want anything that's really tight Um, it can be constricting to movement and hard for animals to move around and that can add to their anxiety level Anything that is really long uh, or cumbersome can be, though it's cute, it can be hard for that pet to move and that's getting caught under their feet when they move. It shouldn't be restrictive. And uh, don't be painting your animals. I know that they have um, paint special for animal hair coats, but leave that in the hands of a groomer and, and don't use paint on your animal's hair coat. Wow, do people we really do, do people do people really do that? Yeah, they do. It's you know, everybody wants the holiday to be fun, but we gotta remember that sometimes pets are just best left at home and they're not part of that picture that's cute. <laughs> they need to stay at home and, and be that cat or dog that just lives at home. I was going to let people know too. From we discussed this before we went on the air, but I had a we had a black lab and uh, who went crazy when the doorbell rang, and we decided to put him on his leash and then put the loop of the leash underneath the uh, underneath the leg of the sofa, and we thought, well, that'll you know he'll bark, but he can't do anything. Well. Lo and behold, the doorbell rang. He starts barking, and I turn around, and the couch is all the way across the living room. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I'm talking, folks. I'm talking a sleep of sofa here now. He dragged it all the way across the living room. It was incredible, just incredible. Well, that's a motivated dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you bring up a good point because we do get phone calls from pet owners that are anticipating Halloween and they want to enjoy Halloween and see all the kids out and about, but they don't want to have to deal with a pet who is anxious and frustrated at all the noise and activity. So if you feel your pet cannot, if you cannot get them into a part of the house that is safe and comfortable and quiet for them, you can talk to your veterinarian about something to help with anxiety for that evening. And so that's always a possibility as well. 
if your pet likes to be in a crate normally, sometimes that's just the best thing to do. Put them in a quiet room in their crate away from the activity is always a good thing. And we have to remember that cats, too, can sometimes sneak out the door when we don't expect it. And so if you have a cat in your house, it's really the best practice to just put that cat back in in a enclosed room and, and leave them there until the night is over. And then also we think about what's Halloween about chocolate and candy. Candy. So, yeah, we all know that <laughs> chocolate is not good for pets, and we do see problems with that this time of year. Pets getting into the trick-or-treat bag and, and taking that chocolate away. And then we also have to think about the complications associated with some of the artificial sweeteners that may be in those candies, xylitol in particular. And so remind your kids not to give any candy to the dog, uh, even though that's a nice gesture. It's not healthy for your pet. What does happen to the dog when he ha- when he does ingest too much? Is it, is it a belly ache, or are we talking something serious could happen, really serious? Yeah, usually it's vomiting and diarrhea. Though if a dog gets enough chocolate, they can actually have nervous cent- central nervous system effects, so seizures, that kind of thing. So it's pretty rare, and it needs to be dark chocolate. But more commonly than not, we're going to see the gastrointestinal vomiting, diarrhea kind of scenario, which in a way, I guess, is good if they're if they vomited up, at least they've gotten it out of their system. But it's bad because your pet has to suffer through that um, just because they got into that. Let's put it up and away from the pets. And a little tip that I learned by way a long time ago that when your kids do get the candy and they are being good about not giving it to the dog, they, they're going to leave it alone sometimes. Make sure they set it up high because, boy, I tell you what, those dogs can get into anything. If, 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 if there's a chance they can get at that candy, they'll get to it. Yeah, isn't that funny? I mean, we've had um, episodes where we've talked about Bob with my own dogs, and I have dachshunds, but I forget, even though they have short legs, they have long bodies, and they can <laughs> stretch those bodies to find stuff on the counter. So. Uh, we went through that episode of Doobie with the Fudge at Christmas time a few years ago. It's just, it is what it is. Put that stuff up in a way. <laughs> and then also cats with open flames is definitely a hazard. And so if you are thinking of having a jack-o'-lantern uh, or any kind of flame in or around your house, just make sure your cats are away from that because they can really get singed. I've seen it happen. And um, burnt whiskers and paws can, can definitely happen. Um, so the other thing I like to warn people about is I, I truly feel that trick-or-treating, you know, if your kids are going out trick-or-treating, it's best to leave the, the dog at home. And I know that they're part of the family and you want to have them there. But we have such a situation where there's lots of excitement and there's strange costumes and unfamiliar people and we we have to be thinking about dog bites happening they do they can happen and if you can keep those pets at home we might save on somebody getting bit or injured and by the way one other quick tip that i thought that was kind of interesting too uh, we talked about this a couple of years ago but if you are expecting kids to come to your house and you do have a pet 
they don't they don't always take the sidewalk. So make sure you clean up about around your dog before I mean, before the kids come walking up to your front step. If you know what I mean. So. Well, yes, we've talked about that many times in the past. It's best to clean up right away when your pet goes out and goes potty. It's best to clean that up right away. <laughs> This is Dr. Doreen Whitting. If you just joined us, uh, the vet is in here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. She joins us once a month here on the uh, uh, Harris Happening on a Saturday. And uh, we'll be uh, having another section with her here in just a couple of seconds. Um, so dressing up dogs, I was just going to say that I also got a, a photograph in there here the other day. A friend of mine dressed her uh, dog up. It was a French bulldog as a, as a snail. And the dog just hated it. I mean, the dog didn't dog didn't rip at it or anything. He just sat there and looked like he was pouting, like you know, oh please, why are you doing this to me? So hey, your pet has feelings too, okay? <laughs> well, that's right. You know, Bob, I've only dressed my dogs up once, and one was a squirrel and one was a princess, a fairy princess. And the squirrel got into a fight with the fairy princess, and pretty soon it was wings off and. <laughs> the magic wand was missing. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll have more with Dr. Doreen Winning here on The Vet Is In in just a moment. You're listening to The Harris Happening here on the Mighty 790 KFGO and KFGO.com. We're back with more of The Harris Happening and Dr. Doreen Winning. The Vet Is In from the Valley Veterinary Hospital here on the Mighty 790 KFGO and KFGO.com. Uh, during this uh, pandemic that's been going on, Doctor, uh, they, we're going to talk a little bit about face masks because this apparently is throwing a little bit of confusion into uh, facial recognition for your pets, correct? Yeah, we have a lot of people that do comment on that when they um, have their appointments with their dogs, especially, that face masks make it a challenge for their pet. They sense a little bit more anxiety um, on a daily basis when they're out and about and there are people wearing face masks. So we do know, Bob, that dogs do read emotions from human facial expressions. That's a proven fact now. Dogs can react to facial, human facial expressions. But they also do this in combination with other cues, so body language, voice, all those things, along with that facial um, cue play into their reaction to any person or situation. So we have to remember, you know, if, if you have a face mask on, if you're putting a face mask on and you are around your pet, just talk to them. Talk to them and let them know your voice and um, pet them and use relaxed body language and that can go a long way. And same for the people, if you happen to meet up with a dog on a walk or if you have a face mask on uh, and you meet up with a dog, you know, keep your body language relaxed. You can talk to them in a calm voice. And that really goes a long way because, again, they can't read all those facial cues that they would otherwise be able to um, assess. And we do know that compared to humans, dogs aren't as reliant on facial cues as humans are and they've studied that now with brain scans dogs are actually more reactive to dog body posture than they are to people's faces ah 
So when the hackles come up, they know something something might be happening then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, we were going to talk, too, a little bit about fleas. Just because, you know, fall is setting in and winter is just around the corner, I hate to say, uh, we should be aware that there's still a possibility of uh, fleas out there, right? There is, and I wanted to bring this up because yesterday when I got to the farm, Ryder caught a gopher, like, first off. That was the first thing that he did. And so I was trying to get the corpse out of his mouth, and I noticed (laughs) fleas crawling around on this body. And so, you know, it just was a lesson to me that, thank goodness, my dogs wear the Soresto collar and were protected against fleas. Um, they're also on Sentinel Spectrum, which also has uh, some flea control in it as well. So I feel like we're very well protected against flea infestations. But I do know that we tend to get a little bit lax. I see it a lot, you know, in the winter months, people coming in and saying, I don't think that, you know, we need flea control. But there are squirrels in the backyard. There are rabbits in the backyard. There might not be gophers running around. But there's stuff out there that um, do, there's animals out there that do have fleas and can transmit them to your pet. So be careful with that. And the other thing that we have to remember is cats in the house are also susceptible to fleas, even if they're indoor-only cats. And a lot of the time, the culprit is the dog running in and out of the house can get a little hijacker coming in and it infests the cat in the house. And so really we should be monitoring, at the very least, we should be monitoring our cats, looking through their hair coats, using a flea comb periodically to monitor for fleas. Or if it's simpler for you, just use a flea control. If you have a dog in your house and you have a cat in your house, use flea control on the cat as well. Let, let me ask you a question that's it's kind of on this, but... but... But when you go after, when you go and that get that gopher, is it still in his mouth? The the reason I ask you is, is because we used to have this dog who would, no matter if it was dead or alive or whatever, would pick up birds. And when you tried to get it out of his mouth, his jaw was just absolutely glued shut. He would not open his mouth in order to get that thing out so I could bring him in the house. Is there a trick to that? Did I lose you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm here. You know, I I have had problems with that. Ryder does actually pretty well with the drop it cue. And so if there isn't another dog around, if I can get the other dogs away from him where he doesn't feel like there's competition, he will actually drop it very readily. But you put Doobie in the mix, and there could be a little, a little bit of tension in the situation, if you know what I mean. <laughs> wow, because we thought we were going to get snapped at, you know, because we're trying to get this bird out of his mouth because we didn't want it in the house. And ugh. Anyway, well, that was a long time ago. I thought that maybe that story might help somebody out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, with this COVID-19 uh, that's been going around, uh, you know, humans are getting a little, you know, weight gain because there's just not all that much to do our pets are we seeing the same thing as far as pets are concerned 
We do actually see COVID weight in pets, and it is a problem. And I worry about that this time of year, not that I ever want pets to be carrying extra weight around, but I do see it this time of year um, with COVID weight gain and the concern that we're going into the winter months now, and I know that a lot of animals pets have a tendency to gain weight over the winter months. And so I'm thinking, okay, now we've got COVID weight to begin with, and we're probably going to be gaining more weight over the winter. We've got to be thinking as pet owners, we have to be thinking about cutting back on food or increasing exercise or preferably both. And exercise is one of the best things, especially if your dog is having behavioral problems. Exercise is the number one combatant to behavioral problems in dogs. Just getting them out there, getting them the physical exercise and the mental stimulation that goes along with the different sights and smells associated with a good walk. It's kind of it's kind of funny too sometimes how some some animals can take to a treadmill and some won't. You know, I know some people some people have an, who have a, a dog that loves getting up on the treadmill and just, you know, it's easy pace, obviously. But there's some animals that will jump up there, and as soon as the thing starts moving, bang, they're gone. They're down the hall. They don't, they don't even want to try it anymore. So Yeah, and I think the, cue there, or the key there is to actually have your pet positively reinforced with the treadmill off first and then standing beside it and then getting on with the treadmill off and then getting off of the treadmill and having the treadmill on with the dog off. That way you can just take it in baby steps. And so if you do that, take that approach, most of the time you can train your dog to walk on the treadmill, but you have to remember it has to be a comfortable experience for them. And so that doesn't mean that you're going to put them on the treadmill and start them you know, walking right away or, heaven forbid, running right away. It just means that it should be a very, very gradual, positively reinforced process. And if and if you're a rider, you just dangle a gopher in front of him, and the way he goes. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> well, we have about ninety seconds left here. You uh, you you wanted to touch on one more item, which I forgot to write down, and I apologize for that. We're talking with Dr. Doreen Winning, by the way, from the Valley Veterinary Hospital here on uh, the Vet Is In on the Mighty Seven Ninety KFGO. Did you want to grab that for just a second and let the yeah. folks? The issue that we're seeing with a fair amount of frequency this fall is skin issues, and we go through it every fall, but it seems like there's different um, scenarios that are involved and sometimes different pets who have never had a problem before with uh, skin infections and itchiness are having problems this year. So be aware of that. If your pet is itching a lot, has uh, a flea prevention on board, has any hair loss, crusting, or redness to the skin, those are all indications that you should be getting to the veterinarian. Now, now, can that part of the problem be for being cooped up in the house because of, uh, you know, maybe you didn't get the dog out for a walk if they're cooped up in the house too long, maybe some of the household allergens like uh, dust mites or whatever you might have, you know, could that be part of the problem as well? Household allergens can also develop at any time, but it seems like fall is the time of year that we, I mean, we have more dust in the air. 
there's more pollens, more combining, more of all of that stuff. And so it seems like once we get a good snow on the ground, a good hard frost, those types of skin issues associated with environmental allergens really decline in number. So there's one positive thing about winter. If there ever was one, it might keep your dog or cat out of the vet's office. <laughs> Dr. Doreen Winning, thank you once again for joining us here on KFGO on The uh, uh, the Vet is In. And, uh, of course, the Dr. Winning is with the Valley Veterinary Hospital here in Fargo. And if you want to give the uh, phone number and the address again for the folks. We're at 3210 Main Avenue in Fargo, and our phone number is 232-3391, and we're online at valleyveterinary.net. And by the way, if you'd like to uh, drop me a note at uh, bob.harris at kfgo.com, we can ask your question uh, next month when the doctor is in. And I think we're kind of making this every second Saturday on the Harris Happening, and I hope that's... If the schedule changes, we'll let you know. But uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to do this, and I'm so glad we can continue uh, doing our show, which we have been doing for, what, seven, eight years, something like that. It's been a long time. Long time, and we've had fun all along the way. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, Bob.